the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. I am Chris Murray, your host. Hope your weekend's going well. Thanks for joining us today. Good program for you. Really interesting top story, some economic data, a little bit of news from the Federal Reserve. And um, also we're going to be talking about uh, the continued kind of uh, force that's coming from the administration in particular um, and progressives when it comes to ESG investing. ESG is the acronym for Environmental Social Governance. Um, Some things have been happening in that space we want to make you aware of, make sure you're up to speed on that. Uh, We also heard this week from um, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, about how they're they being the administration is um, handling uh, China. Uh, it's uh, really with kid gloves, which is unfortunate. But we'll dive into that. Uh, that's all extremely important, especially when it comes to the world of business and finance. Uh, that's minor to our national security issues, of course, um, because if you don't have national security, like we're seeing down with an open border, uh, you really can't have, uh, you know, economic security uh, in its true sense. So we're going to be talking about all those things and more. Buckle in, uh, you know, get yourself a uh, fresh drink um, and a snack if you'd like and uh, stay with us. One thing that happened this week, just want to let you know how your money is being spent, uh, you being the American taxpayer, Merck, the massive pharmaceutical company, uh, is acquiring uh, Prometheus Biosciences in a $10.8 billion deal. So all shares of Prometheus uh, will be acquired by Merck for $200 a share. The deal gives Merck uh, some promising immune disease treatments. The acquisition is subject to uh, Prometheus uh, shareholder approval. And you're talking about Prometheus, that is. You're talking about a a company that has a market value of about $5.4 billion. Um, And Merck is looking to add new products to its pipeline, especially because its top-selling drug, um, that's a cancer therapy drug, Keytruda, um, is expected to lose patent protection uh, in this decade. So they really need to uh, get stuff in the pipeline. Again, that $10.8 billion, uh, you can look at that as your money. You remember when the virus made its way here from China Um, And uh, you had all of this crazy spending. You had at that time the Trump uh, administration front loading these pharmaceutical companies with uh, billions and billions and billions of dollars to uh, rush uh, for a cure um, or at least, uh, you know, some type of help from a vaccine. And you you see that these companies have all of this money. Uh, you still have this administ- the current administration trying to force people uh, to get boosters, and they they just really want to make it a cash cow for these uh, pharmaceutical companies, where every year they know you're going to have to uh, pay for a booster, uh, one way or the other, whether it's out of pocket or whether it's some type of subsidy from um, the government, which, of course, is our tax money. So um, that's what they're doing with the money. They're buying other companies, um, and I just want to make sure you know what's going on there uh, because, like I uh, have already said a couple times, it's your money. Um, We also talked the last couple weeks, just fascinating story, Budweiser, you know, uh, their parent company, uh, uh, InBev, just getting crushed um, as far as their patrons go uh, and their loyal, very loyal um, uh, audience, if you will, the, their beer drinkers in particular. Uh, they have other things. They have, um, you know, seltzers and, and different uh, products. But beer, Bud, Bud Light, Stella, 
Michelob Ultra, uh, all of those beers under their umbrella. Um, basically, there was a massive boycott, and that was because, of course, uh, Budweiser teamed up with uh, the uh, transvestite Dylan Mulvaney. He did a stupid uh, commercial or um, video where he acted like, and of course he was dressed up as a as a female, and he was acting like um, he didn't know what March Madness was. Again, belittling women, uh, especially women athletes who dang sure know what March Madness is and enjoy it. Some as much or more than uh, than men, uh, but made fun of that along with other things that belittled women. And it totally blew up in uh, in Anheuser-Busch's face. I mean, it blew up. So to make things worse, you get their CEO that comes out with an apology that's not an apology. And that, that was last, uh, not yesterday, but last Friday. And then over the weekend, they rush out this new uh, patriotic advertisement commercial where um, they were showing the Clydesdales and they were saying things, they being at this point the narrator in the commercial, that this is a story bigger than beer. This is the story of the American spirit. And again, you have these majestic Clydesdale horses, which we've always associated with Budweiser, going through American, you know, landmarks and big cities and small towns and open plains and just really trying to tug at the heartstrings of their true audience, which they totally alienated. So, um, you know, in my opinion, what were they doing? They were hijacking the American flag. That was part of it. They had two people raising uh, the the American flag. Um, look, this is just simple good versus evil. I mean, we can cut it up and, and talk about it in so many different ways, but it's simply good versus evil. The evil part that they were trying to uh, force on folks just totally blew up on them. Um, and unfortunately, you're talking about uh, consumers being impacted. You're talking about liquor stores being impacted. You're talking about bars being impacted. You're talking about suppliers, distributors, all of these people that had no say in this stupid marketing idea um, being punished as businesses. And that's just really, really a shame. Um, it goes to show who's working in advertising these days, really just further proof. All you have to do, I've been saying this for years and years and years. All you have to do is look at the TV, you watch these commercials, and they don't represent you. They want you to think that what they're putting forward as normal is normal when really it's a fraction of the true makeup of America. Plain and simple. But they every single commercial almost, they try to do that. And really, it just goes to show how weak they are because they have to try to force this false narrative, and they do it with everything, with TV shows. I mean, every TV show, it seems like they have to force in some unnatural or um, just dangerous narrative to try to make people think, that uh, that it's normal when it's not. So um, this is a perfect example of that. These are the people you have in marketing now. So as I've said, you've got, um, you know, you've got the, all of the um, marketers and advertisers up in Manhattan. It's no different. You, you, all you did, that's the, that's the Hollywood of the East Coast. And that's how you're marketed to. So it's commercials all the time. And then, of course, all the programs where they force um, a, something into the storyline that's not natural, uh, that really people don't want to see, they don't want to hear, uh, they don't want their kids, of course, exposed to. 
Uh, that's the real danger, of course, uh, the children. So um, we'll see how long this lasts. I'll have to share with you. My buddy Jimmy, um, he's a, a a good, solid Bud Light guy, has been his whole life. That's his beverage of choice if he's going to drink alcohol. <laughs> I sent him a text saying, still drinking Bud Light, two question marks. His response, Bud Light made more people quit drinking in two days than uh, Alcohol Anonymous has in 30 years. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Um, so I thought that was funny and lighthearted. I wanted to share that with you. And then it spills over to I even saw it with CVS, the uh, the the you know the 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 pharmacy. It's just it's insane. CVS, uh, their gender transition guidelines for employees requires their workers to address people by their preferred pronouns and names. And that they uh, may use whichever restroom or locker room they wish, regardless of whether the individual is a biological male or uh, biological female. So this is if you're going to work at CVS now. This is the, the nonsense. So anybody that was just going to get a good job, work hard, earn their money, um, have respect for themselves at the end of the day, you've got CVS saying that you're going to have to be worried about pronouns and, um, you know, what people want to be called. And, you know, if you're a lady, you're going to have to worry about a guy walking into your bathroom or into your locker room. That's going to be great for uh, for attracting really good employees that are going to serve people. Shouldn't they be worried about these employees saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am? Oh, good afternoon. How may I help you? Sure, I can help you find that. Thank you. Have a nice day. Is that in this manual? You have to wonder. This this sickness is just it's you know, it's just spilling over. Um and uh and again, this is part of big pharma. Look, this whole um transvestite cross-dressing thing, people uh cutting and pasting, follow the money as always. And where does it lead you? Number one, to sick people. Um, but it leads you to uh, the pharmaceutical companies that make these drugs that uh, often kids are having injected into their bodies when they're still immature. Um, you have doctors that don't care about the hypocritical oath, do no harm. They don't care about that. Line up the surgery, line up the therapy, right? Money, money, money. They sell their souls and wreak havoc in people's lives and, of course, in our our society. Um, even this week I saw, I forget, I think it was the, uh, the cabinet member for this administration, I uh, forget his name, but for the um, Department of Education, when asked multiple times, what's a woman? He, he refused to answer. Of course, he knows the truth. These people know the truth, but they want to make sure that they're playing these word games um, that 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 Biden, who I don't know why, is infatuated with uh, this whole um transvestite, cross-dressing, mutilating children. I don't know why that's what he's all about, but uh, he is. And so are the people that uh, he's put in power as far as cabinet members and his appointees. And I say this, I don't say it enough, but thank you, thank you, thank you to all the government workers, federal and state workers that work so hard to do good for our country overall and for our states and and I understand that these um, these appointees that Biden puts in place prevents many people workers from doing all the great things they want to do and for protecting people in the country but that aside there's no control that they have over that and I just want to thank them for holding the line you know literally putting keeping their shoulder to the wheel even though they're trying to, uh, you know, they're being demoralized, or at least that's the plan, 
and they're being frustrated. And it's just like the police officers and other uh, first responders um, saying, you know what, I've had it. I'm sick of your policies. This is, um, you know, there's there's unfortunately with Border Patrol and with uh, law enforcement and others, you see these people um, totally dejected to the point that it's such a tragedy. They're taking their lives. Um, So this is the thing that, you know, this is the good versus the evil. That's all it is. Like I said, it comes back to good versus evil. We know who the good people are and uh, we love them for what they do and how they do it and how hard they work. And we just know that uh, we have to help them hold the line. Disneyland, another one, right? We've been talking about them for, for years and they've really stepped it up. And this has become, I get it, you know, a political thing with uh, Governor DeSantis down in Florida. But Disneyland out in California is putting on their first ever Pride Night. Uh, that that event is this year. It's going to celebrate the gay community. Um, it's at the Disneyland, uh, or it's called Disneyland After Dark Pride Night. It's going to be in June. So if you want to, you, you know... Uh, make sure that you stay away from Disney, um, really at all times, I would suggest. But at least in June, um, don't head out there because you could uh, run into some uh, really, really strange and unfortunately, you know, troubled people. But um, they're going to have their themed entertainment and their Disney characters and their specialty menus. And, um, you know, they're going to be doing all that out on that coast Well, while back here on the East Coast, uh, you continue to have uh, Disney clash with the uh, legislators in the state of Florida. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Michael Eisner ha- was brought back, as you know, um, and he's coming in like uh, he's some kind of a savior on a white horse um, because he replaced the CEO that uh, took his spot when he left. Guess what? The guy he replaced, he picked him. Also, guess what? The 15-plus years that Eisner, or excuse me, Eisner was good, not Iger, that Iger was CEO of Disney, um, he put all these things in motion. He let them happen. So he's he's the problem. You know, he's just part of the problem. Uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. Um uh, let me take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about the um, the debt ceiling. We know that that's ticking, if you will, and it's going to be something that um, we have been tracking. Um, I mentioned it's going to get louder and louder as we get into summer, and that's the case. So, But I want to talk about the update on that on the other side. So stay tuned. Investments going nowhere? Here's a tip that always pays big dividends. Invest in yourself, your talent, your smarts, your skills. Maybe it's time to make that investment and start a career in IT or upskill to boost your current career. At My Computer Career, you can bank on us. We'll help you get the right skills and the right certifications to start or advance your IT career. IT keeps growing, so go with the growth at My Computer Career. The right training, the right timing, the right career. Invest in you at mycomputercareer.edu. Start now. The freest talk. And there's plenty to talk about. 930 WFMD.
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. So I was talking about the uh, this whole debt ceiling um, fiasco that we go through. Uh, on an annual basis, um, it's 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 nonsense. It's not necessary, but uh, politicians unfortunately make it necessary. Um, so instead of being fiscally uh, responsible, we see just the opposite. This week, uh, and by the way, I mentioned this a couple months ago. Um, so the Treasury Department has enough money with the way they're playing their shell game right now to pay um, all of our our bills until probably the middle, maybe towards the end of summer. So as we get closer to that actual default where there wouldn't be money because the debt ceiling wasn't raised, i.e. print more money, that's all they're doing, printing money, um, then you wouldn't have the money to pay uh, those folks you owe money to um, and you would default on the debt, right? That's what they're saying. So this week what happened in that space was House Speaker Kevin McCarthy went to the New York Stock Exchange, gave his speech that America's debt is unsustainable, which we know. It's a threat to the nation, which we know. And he hit Biden for refusing to negotiate on cost-cutting measures, okay? So, which we should know. If we don't, now we do. Here's the problem. The Treasury took in record revenue, okay? So it's not like uh, I, I give—I'm not a huge fan of McCarthy. I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised so far, but— um, I'm afraid he's going to show his stripes as time goes by. But anyway, right now, he's making a good point. We don't have a revenue problem. The revenue is coming in. That's our money, by the way, us as taxpayers. The revenue is coming in. We have a spending problem, which we know that, right? It's it's obvious. If anybody tried to run their household or their business the way the government runs, um, they would be bankrupt. Uh, and, and in prison also. No no doubt about it. It's it's ridiculous. It's laughable. So, you know, McCarthy getting theatrical, talking about, you know, ticking time bomb. It's going to detonate um, that Biden's not taking any responsible action. And all that's true. All that's true. And again, McCarthy was trying to say, look, the longer Biden waits to uh, find a sensible solution, an agreement that would come through negotiations, then maybe we do have the first default in our nation's history. And it's going to be his his problem. Okay, so he was throwing the hot potato onto Biden's lap. Look, the bottom line is we have over thirty one trillion dollars in debt. If you're an uh, excuse me an American taxpayer, your share is over two hundred and forty five thousand dollars right now, and it's going up. So what these Republicans, and thank goodness for the conservative, the fiscal and moral conservative uh, Republicans that were already there in the House, and then of course those that were recently elected back in November, they're saying. No, we're going to we're going to stop this stupid spending. We're going to roll it back to uh, 2022 levels. Um, We're also going to and then this came later in the week where they rolled out the actual plan telling us, you know, what the uh, House Republicans plan to do. They said, we'll raise the debt ceiling to pay our obligations. But in doing so. Um, we're going to, like I said, roll that spending back to 2022 levels, impose a 1% cap on future federal spending, uh, federal uh, spending, I should say, for the next decade. Also, this nonsense about uh, forgiving college student loan debt, which you can't forgive it, somebody's got to pay. 
right? Somebody's got to pay. One way or another, it's going to be the taxpayer. Also, the Republicans said, look, this stupid Inflation Reduction Act, they didn't say stupid, I did. Uh, The IRA, they call it the Inflation Reduction Act, especially all the nonsense with climate change and all those uh, false stories that that's going to stop. We're not going to give all that money to the IRS. That's going to stop. And by the way, what we do want to prioritize is a sweeping energy bill that aims to boost all of our natural resources production. On top of that, what we know we need to do and what we're being lied to by this administration when they say, hey, yeah, you can go ahead and uh, explore in, you know, whatever, Alaska. That's what they say. But what happens? The EPA and all those other bureaucrats and appointees that are trying to destroy that uh, that that sector and, of course, us at the same time because of all of our costs going up, um, they won't give them the permitting and they get in the way with regulations. So what I've seen so far has been pretty good and common sense. I mean, it's just common sense, not the radical, crazy agenda that uh, that, you know, they've been trying to to push push through, especially you saw it in the Obama administration. Um, and now what you have is all the leftovers. You have a lot of leftovers from Obama. Um, and then the ones that aren't in the administration right now, so many of them are in technology. We've learned that, too, that when they left after Obama left, um, although he didn't leave Washington, that's something that we really shouldn't. Um, oversee. (laughs) Um, But they went to Twitter and Facebook and Google, and we've seen what's happened to those uh, companies, how they've been caught red-handed suppressing information, using our data, spying on uh, their users, just terrible things. So that's all part of their, you know, their agenda as well. All this, right, as the administration goes around saying we're great, things have never been so good, and, you know, our economy's working, and all those lies, there was a poll this week by CNBC. CNBC. That showed pessimism about the economy is at a record high. This is a CNBC survey. 69% of U.S. adults have negative views about the current economic landscape. NBC. This is the highest figure since the CNBC survey began 17 years ago. You know what's happened during that period? I mean, you had the financial crisis. You had the housing crisis. Of course, you had the virus. It's worse now as far as Americans' perception now than it was during any of those periods. That's how bad people see things, how bad they they know things are. And these guys just don't get it. Actually, they do get it. They don't care, you know, however you look at it. But, um, yeah, unbelievable. Some uh, economic data on the other side and also some um, information... That came from the Federal Reserve, their beige book. It might sound boring, but it really is important because we have a meeting in a couple weeks with the Fed. This is 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now. 
WFMD News. A Virginia man was sentenced on Friday for the murder of his ex-wife. In Frederick County Circuit Court, 35-year-old Lemuel Roberts of Winchester received life without parole for the murder of Caitlin Roberts in early 2020. State's Attorney Charlie Smith says Lemuel Roberts killed his ex-spouse during the late night hours of January 10th, 2020 in the area of English Muffin Way and English Muffin Court in Frederick. The body was found early the next morning. Uh, we had a 911 call, a report finding a body just out in the roadway over on English Muffin Court and English Muffin Way. Uh, that was the body of Caitlin Nicole Roberts. She, too, was also from West Winchester, Virginia. Smith says investigators called to the scene. Found that he stabbed her 32 times and then ran over her body with the Buick Enclave that he was driving. Smith says prosecutors convinced the judge to give Lemuel Roberts life without parole, noting he showed no remorse for his actions. Fourteen indictments are returned on Friday by the Frederick County Grand Jury. The panel charged 36-year-old Derek Lynn Goins Jr. of Frederick with assault, reckless endangerment, and numerous firearms offenses. Frederick police arrested Goins earlier this month for a shooting incident on March 18th. Officers responding to the 100 block of Westall St. Street found a man with a gun gunshot wound to the leg. He was taken to an area hospital where he was treated and released. Detectives say they developed enough evidence to place charges against Goins. They also say it appears the suspect and the victim knew each other. These indictments move these cases to the circuit court where trial dates will be scheduled. And for more details on these and other stories you hear on WFMD, you can go to our website, WFMD.com. I'm Kevin McManus, WFMD News. I'm Karen McHugh. The Supreme Court preserves full access to a medical abortion pill. The Supreme Court has delayed an abrupt end to a popular abortion pill. Mifepristone is used in over half of all U.S. abortions. The drug will remain widely available for now as the court halted efforts to restrict access. A Texas judge had sought to suspend the drug entirely, and an appeals court had proposed blocking access by mail. Those measures are now on hold as an appeal is considered. The ruling does give a temporary victory to the Biden administration, but the Supreme Court will be asked to revisit the issue again later this year. Fox's Sean Langell. A drive-by shooting in Washington Friday leaves several injured, including a 12-year-old girl. They are searching for suspects. We did see one person being taken into custody. Fox 5's Adrian DiPiazza. All injuries appear to be non-life-threatening. America is listening to Fox News. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and surrounding counties. As we head into the day, we'll have an 80% chance of showers and possibly a thunderstorm with a high near 73 and south winds 13 to 18 miles per hour with gusts as high as 26 miles per hour. New rainfall amounts between half and three quarters of an inch possible. Saturday night, we'll have an 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a low around 46 and gusty west wind. PJ's Roofing. When it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Dan Sutton. 930 WFMD with a Fox Sports update. From the Fox Sports studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Figures. Three games on the NBA playoff slate Friday night. It was capped off by a 120-111 Nuggets victory in Minnesota as Nikola Jokic picked up his seventh career playoff triple-double. Michael Porter Jr. also chipped in 25 points as Denver took a 3-0 series lead. Jalen Brunson scored 21 for the Knicks as they dominated Cleveland in Game 3 of their series to take a 2-1 lead. Trey Young scored 32 of 9 assists, leading Atlanta to a 130-122 victory over Boston. The win cuts the Celtics series lead to two games to one. The Clippers will be without Kawhi Leonard tonight for their Game 4 matchup against the Suns as he continues to nurse a knee sprain. 76ers center Joel Embiid will Missed game four of their series against Brooklyn with a sprained knee as well. In baseball, the Mets hammered the Giants 7 0 as Pete Alonso went deep. A home run from Teoscar Hernandez lifted Seattle over St. Louis. Shohei Otani pitched seven scoreless for the Angels in a win over Kansas City. Playoff victories in the NHL for the Kings, Wild, Bruins, and Islanders. They all lead their series two games to one. I'm Kevin Figures. Hey, Forged and Fire fans, Jay Nielsen is teaching a Canister Damascus class April 28th through April 30th at William F. Moran Bladesmith and Artisan Academy in Middletown. For more information, check out WilliamMoranMuseum.com. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD.
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts and you can listen to the Your Financial Editor program right there as a podcast. So I'm going to slim down the economic data. We got quite a bit this week. In particular, the housing stuff uh, was worrisome. We're seeing some more pain there in that area. The one thing I wanted to mention, um, I was just talking about, you know, the economy and how people that CNBC survey is people never felt so bad about the economy uh, in the 17 years that they've been uh, conducting the survey. And again, this is NBC, folks. So um, if they can't make a survey, uh, you know, put some lipstick on the pig, you know, things are bad. But we also saw the leading economic indicator index that comes from the conference board. Um, and it fell to its lowest level in 28 months. Uh, signs are pointing to a recession. They have been. This is the 12th month in a row that we've seen um, the uh, leading economic indicator index fall. So um, you have to go back to see this single month decline that we saw uh, in March. You'd have to go back to April of 2020. That's right when the virus was, you know, really scaring people and you had all the craziness and uncertainty and all that. That's how far back you'd have to go. And that period where uh, things looked as poorly as they do right now. So, um, you know, you've heard a lot about recession. Obviously, we had one last year with the first and second quarter back-to-back negative uh, GDP growth. And now, you know, this year, uh, you're actually hearing people talk about recession. And that's because they're carrying water for the administration. The uh, voting is over for 2020. So now they can act like they really care about recession when um, they're, they're so obvious that that's why they don't have credibility and nobody really gives two shakes uh, as to, um, you know, what they do, what they say, um, and how they do things because they just don't, again, have that credibility. The other thing we saw was the Federal Reserve's Beige Book came out this week, and it showed that lending in the U.S. declined after you had those bank failures, Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, Credit Suisse, and others, you know, um, really caused some worry, some uncertainty. Um, and the Federal Reserve, uh, which, by the way, if you're not familiar with the Beige Book, we have 12 Federal Reserve districts around the country. And each of those districts, uh, those uh, those Federal Reserve banks, go out into the district and they ask uh, questions and they get anecdotal information. They compile that information and then they take turns as to what Federal Reserve Bank is going to put everything together into uh, a summary, which is the beige book named because the title or excuse me, the color of the um, the cover is actually beige. So they have all this information. They're telling us, which nothing surprising, that um, lending by banks and demand for loans among consumers and businesses generally declined. Um, so we saw the drop-off was especially sharp in the San Francisco region where Silicon Valley Bank is. So the uh, San Francisco Federal Reserve obviously had a different take on things probably than our um, Federal Reserve, the, the Richmond Federal Reserve Bank. We're in that district. Um, so, you know, it was no big surprise to see that. The other thing that they said, though, was um, a slower pace of employment growth than in recent beige book reports. So you're starting to see we saw it with the initial jobless claims this week. Um, and you're starting to see in other information that's released that there is some pressure uh, when it comes to the jobs market. So we're going to look at that. Uh, well, we're going to continue to look at that very closely um, and uh, and keep everybody up to speed on what that landscape is telling us and showing us. Um, and by the way, we're going to have more layoffs announced this coming week. So I'll be talking about that with um, Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick, unfortunately, uh, but more people are going to be getting pink slips. We're going to be talking about this ESG nonsense and some other things on the other side. So stay tuned, if you will. 
six gun and a six string Man, that was country And that's the way country still ought to be Tri-County Pumps. Are water issues getting you in the dumps? Call Tri-County Pumps. We specialize in a variety of services to help keep it flowing. No water? No problem. Low water pressure? No problem. Water quality issues? No problem. We provide a free water analysis and estimate. How's your water heater? Does it leave you with the chills? No problem. How's your toilet flushing? Not good? No problem. Tri-County Pumps helping you when you're in the dumps over pesky plumbing problems. Call 301-432-0330 or visit tricountypumps.com. Keep it flowing. From the top south mountain and down the Monocacy Valley, we're here for you. 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today. And uh, we're going to wrap things up. I, before I run out of time, I wanted to make sure we talked about the ESG. I got a little long-winded on some other things earlier, so I apologize for that. But um, ESG, acronym for Environmental Social Governance. Okay? So basically what's happening is you have um, – Many, many firms from Wall Street to Main Street that are saying um, we are going to focus our uh, efforts on environmental, social governance issues, whether it's profitable or not. If you're a private business, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. You know, walk around with the bumper sticker on your forehead, how you're, you think you're saving the world and all those things. But for investors, that's not fair. For an investor to commit their hard-earned money, what they're expecting is uh, for you to have good management, solid balance sheets, and to execute. Okay? Not... Look, the Silicon Valley Bank, it's perfect right now as an example. Perfect. For six months, they didn't have a compliance officer. How at a bank that had the hundreds of billions of dollars that they had, how did they not have a compliance officer? But you know what they did have? A diversity, equity, and inclusion, whatever, position. And they're making commercials. Again, getting back to the commercial thing, trying to make you think what they're showing you is normal that's not normal. Good versus evil. Real simple. So instead of doing what they should have been doing, and the CEO and the CFO were not qualified to be in those positions, much less the people they had on the board of directors, who didn't catch all this nonsense earlier. That's a perfect example, right? So um, you see these uh, these companies that people own the stock and um, they're not getting the rate of return that they should be getting. Perfect example I'll give you here. Fact, Bloomberg, and this is Bloomberg, you know, you, M- Michael Bloomberg, he's all in, you know, supposedly he's going to, uh, take everybody's guns away. He's going to, you know, make everybody eat Bill Gates's mush and, um, you know, have a windmill on the back of their car to make it go and a solar uh, panel maybe on the roof to help out uh, just in case the wind isn't blowing, right? Bloomberg showed that the difference between an ESG retirement fund and an E or a non ESG retirement fund. Um, over the past five years, the average of an ESG fund was 6.3% a year. And then if you 
went away from ESG, and obviously you invested in things that um, were that did better, made more sense, and also you didn't feel dirty about or or coerced into. Eight point nine percent. So you do the math, right? Eight point nine percent you could have gotten versus six point three. On top of that, you've got, um, you know, Janet Yellen at the Treasury. You've got the people at the Federal Reserve. You've got the Securities and Exchange Commission. And it really comes from Biden, who's vetoing people saying, look, you, we don't want to be forced into ESG. This is our money. We worked hard for it. And we want it to be where we want it to be not based on your agenda and uh, so many of the false narratives that they push. Here's another really good example. We heard basically Biden, this administration, is hijacking the automobile industry. And they made this stupid comment that, you know, in X amount of years, they want 67 percent or whatever it is, 60-some percent of electric vehicle sales, and people don't want that. They don't want it. They can't afford it. They don't understand it. That's being hidden from them, unfortunately. I've been talking about it for years. If Look, if you want to buy an, uh, uh, um, a Prius or a Tesla or whatever the other ones are, knock yourself out. Go get it, right? But you can't force people to do something that doesn't make sense, counterproductive, costs some money, it's not reliable, All of those things. It just doesn't work. But that's what they're doing. And then you've got the automakers now saying, okay, we've got to retool our plants. We've got to do all these things different. Where are we going to source the batteries from and the material, right? All that nonsense. But that's what they have to do because they're being forced into that lane by this administration. Ford Motor Company lost $2.1 billion last year because of their ongoing investment in electric vehicles, and it just didn't work out real well for them. Guess what? They announced this this week or last week that they're expecting another $3 billion loss due to electric vehicles. So these companies are being forced into things that people don't want, that that is not profitable. And you as a shareholder, if you own stocks or you have bonds in Ford, you're, you're going to have to pay the piper, even though you don't want any part of it, right? You just want your money to be in a good place with good people to do good things and to be profitable, and that's just the opposite of ESG. Actually, uh, a lot of the firms that we work with, um, one in particular, took ESG off of their um, off of their funds and their investment portfolios because, again, they want to do just the opposite. They want to work with good companies, good management, good board of directors solid business plans, solid balance sheets, all the things that make sense that you want for your money. Um, But it's an uphill roll right now. It really is. And that's because, like I said, you've got Biden, as much as Harris is involved, which, you know, she's not. Um, You've got all the people behind the curtain, you know, the Wizard of Oz thing that you don't see, um, pulling all the strings then you've got all these cabinet members. Um, you've got, as I mentioned, the Department of Energy. Said, well, Biden says, yeah, you can uh, explore for energy to try to help people out with energy costs, he's saying. And then EPA or Department of Interior won't grant the permitting or the access. So that's all lies, smokes and mirror, right? Right there. Um, so... You've got all these people against you. So as an investor, you really, the stakes, it used to be like, okay, what's my risk tolerance? I have to make sure that I feel comfortable about what my risk tolerance is. I have to feel comfortable about what I'm investing in. Here are my expectations. 
Here are my goals. Well, you still have all that, but now you have, like I said, the smoke and mirrors where, well, wait a minute, am I really investing in what I think? Well, no, not if you're BlackRock um, and, you know, Larry Fink, who sold his soul years ago, or if you're some of these other big um, companies or even small companies, mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, stock ownership, you name it, you really have to be careful as to what you're invested in, why, and um, when you know the answer to that, you can you might want to feel like you have to take a shower because you look at where this money's being spent. So you're investing in this company to do what they say they're going to do, and then out the back door goes that money to support things that you would never in your life give a dollar to. And they're given often millions and millions and millions um, because, again, they've lost their way. Uh, you've got board of directors being hijacked. Um, you've got uh, CEOs, CFOs. I mentioned earlier the beginning of the program, like we see these people at Anheuser-Busch with uh, marketing. You know, these people that are in charge of marketing basically just totally crashing into the wall, not even tapping the brakes. Um, and it's all intentional. So make sure you understand uh, what you're invested in, what exposure you have, what you're supporting. Um, you know, that's that's really, really, really important. Uh, that does it for us. Um, I will talk with you on the Morning News Express with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. You know, we talk every uh, weekday morning at uh, 550, 650, 750. Really fun uh live telephone calls about what's going on, uh, what's coming down the pike, uh, that kind of thing. So uh, look forward to those business updates. And um, also we'll be back here next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. Hope you have a great rest of the weekend, and um, we'll talk with you soon. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success.